Hi, everyone. This is Waveformed, a music podcast on the Small Beans Network, where we get to know our friends better through their playlists they make. I am Christian Mears, your host, and with me today is... Katie Willard. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to stifle a laugh that entire intro. That's all right. Oh, my God. It's, it's Friday, guys. Yeah, it is. It is indeed. Ah, so how are you doing in today? and out. Oh, okay. nice. My mom's sitting on the couch over yeah. there, which is great. Uh, all is well. Good. All is well. Got good to hear. Went on an antidepressant. My life is <laughs> a lot better. <laughs> that's good. Yes, that's about it. How are you? I'm good. Okay, good. I've actually been really enjoying because I was listening to the to the pod to the playlist on the way over here. Mm-hmm. Really enjoying when you it. drove to the wrong apartment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I drove to Michael's old apartment, which used to be my old apartment. Oh, fun fact. Oh well, there you go. <laughs> So I guess we should probably get into the music, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Please. So the first song on your playlist was Love Really Hurts Without You by Billy Ocean. In 1976 um, album, I guess it was A and B side. This was the A&B I, side. you did a hand motion, yeah. and I was like, I don't know what this A&B. means. A and B, I understand now. <laughs> but yeah, um, so this one was written by Ocean under his real name, which is Leslie Charles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it provided his first chart charting record. Um, yeah, provided him with his first charting record in 1976. Uh, it remains tied with the 1977 number two UK hit Red Light Spells Danger as Ocean's second best all-time UK charting record. And that's only second to When the Going Gets Tough, The Tough Get Going, uh, which was number one for four weeks in the UK. Uh, yeah. It's, that's that background. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. There's a little more background. It's like kind of interesting. He considered himself the most surprised person in the world that Love Really Hurts Without You became a hit. <laughs> it's such a good song. It is very song. good. Yeah. The thing about Love Really Hurts Without You is, is, okay, have you watched Sex Education on Netflix? I haven't. So I suggest you do because it's quite good. But mm-hmm. there's a scene, I first heard the song, my best friend played it for me after she heard it on the show and then I watched the show and then the moment was that much better yeah. in the show with the song. But it's such a good, um, like, bitchy boy song <laughs> of like you don't pay attention to me but it's like with so much yeah. joy and like i'm yeah. i just really love you and i'm sad that like you like other people <laughs> yeah uh, it was funny because that's kind of a th- uh, an ongoing theme through your first two songs at least uh this one and upside down is kind of there's definitely some common themes of like unrequited love or like liking somebody that doesn't necessarily or that isn't faithful or like available available sounds about right (laughs) i didn't even know that but yeah uh that is there is also like a bbc performance i think it's top of the pops i'm not sure but it's on youtube of him performing this song he is so handsome and he's wearing a plaid jumpsuit Mm -hmm. like a big pointy lapel collar Mm -hmm. very like 70s yeah and it's one of those like top of the pops performances where it is not pre-recorded he is singing so it's the version vocally of that i actually like a little bit better than 
the album the recording. Version. So I suggest yeah. everybody go find it. No, it's really good. Um, it resembles like the the first few chords in the actual music is close to "Can't Help Myself" by the Four Tops. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just like it's it's a completely different vocal and melodic thing that he does with it, and it's just really really fun and bright even though it's about some liking somebody that's not available yeah it's it's just really i don't know it's it's the kind of thing that makes you smile yeah when you it, hear it. it's kind of like vibey to like build me up buttercup yeah but later i mean like that's the thing is it's a full-on like probably 10 years after mm-hmm. that yeah um which i think is interesting mm-hmm. it's kind of a throwback why did it make your playlist because it makes me so happy. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, I, uh, it's one of those songs that I just feel like a lot of music I listen to makes me feel joy. Mm-hmm. Just like scream singing in my car. And that's yeah. one of those songs that like for sure brings, oh, me, that's good. brings me joy. I like to picture that. You me singing, scream singing? Yeah, in yeah. your car to Love Really Hurts Without You. It I happens. Mean, and I guess all of these songs. Are yeah, really, it, it was hard to <laughs> pare it down because I listen to a lot of music yeah no i liked it i liked it a lot it was um apparently he'd written the original version uh, several years earlier while he was working as a pattern cutter at a fashion house on seville row um and he bought a piano from his co-worker for for 23 pounds just so he could start writing music (laughs) hello billy ocean (laughs) um it debuted at number 34 in the uk um he said because he was working actually at the ford company and in a factory when it came out he said that he was on the ford assembly line when he heard the song on radio luxembourg and it felt so good because i knew i was free to leave so i left ah, <laughs> god bless that's like the dream isn't yeah. it just to be like i'm bye yeah. <laughs> i'm out i'm gonna go b- make music for my life now yeah it's just uh, i love that image like that because that's kind of something that i think a lot of people creative people dream of is like especially if you have a day job yeah it's like you just finding something out or like you hear your song on the radio for the first time and you're just like all right i'm gonna go be an artist full time now right yeah i have a number one hit yeah or exactly. a number <laughs> it debuted at number 34 it was number, number two yeah i got a number two hit yeah that's pretty good man it's really good <laughs> <laughs> Yay. so yeah uh, so that's the first song like I said it's, yeah. it's just one of those things that makes you smile because yeah. it's so pretty and happy and joyous even though it's about unrequited love yeah I yeah. mean that's a lot of music though yeah <laughs> yeah that's true there's not a lot of I try to make a playlist of love songs where it wasn't a bad relationship yeah because a lot of the love songs are very like not still not good boundaries right. or anything like that. And, and it's very hard. Yeah. Even with modern music stuff like Adele or I particularly get on kicks of listening to Jimmy World a lot. And that's yeah. all just. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's like some codependent. It's all, not yeah. great shit. Yep. Or like someone's cheating or mm-hmm. someone. is Yeah. But, but I think the, the playlist ended up having like maybe four or five songs. Yeah. On it. In total, that that love <laughs> love without strings, yeah, without obligations. And getting to that, uh, our number two song is "Upside Down" by Diana Ross. I said, upside down, you turn me, you're love and speak to me. Round and round, you turn me. Upside down, boy, you turn me inside. It's off of her 1980 album, Diana. Diana. 
Um, it was issued as a single through the, the, the Motown label in 1980 and led as the single on her 10th studio album. Yeah, and fun fact that she brought on Chic, now Rogers and Chic, to produce it and help her write the like music for it. And they recorded it and brought it to Motown, and Motown was like, absolutely not. This is not Diana Ross, because it's Diana Ross. Yeah. It's Supreme's Diana Ross at that point. Yeah. Um, and hadn't really done anything that was like very different yeah. auditorily and so they wanted to put another version and then I think I don't remember exactly what happened but I have a feeling I think it was something along the lines of like now Rogers slipped the demo to like a radio station mm-hmm. and then they played it and then they had to like release it with that version yeah. on it and then it became like her big or like her biggest hit yeah I, I did read something like that because I did also read it's obvious it's written by Bernard Edwards and Nile Rogers mm-hmm. of the band Chic and um, in a 2011 interview, Nye Rogers said that Diana Ross was the first big star we ever worked with, and we took it very seriously. Uh, this was the first time in her life somebody cared about who she was, what mm-hmm. she was. Everyone previously had treated her the way that they treated Sister Sledge, just somebody to sing something. Um, and they got her in. They got her in and said, "Sing this, uh, sing this." Um, and they took a more personal approach, and that's why. Yeah, they it comes asked her. They were like, "Where were you? Where are you at in your life?" Yeah. They and they were like, "How are you feeling about things? How are you?" And I think she was like, dating her second husband or something mm-hmm. like that, like the person who became her second husband. And I don't know, but she was like, "I'm in like love, love for yeah. the first time." <laughs> and yeah. yeah, and that's I mean, and you get a number one hit out of that. It was number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, uh, September 6, 1980. It also hit number one on Billboard Disco and Soul charts. Uh, it was released uh, full four weeks after the album was released, and it held down the number one spot for four weeks. Yeah. So I, I also just love disco. Yeah. I mean, and it's a giant hit. Like, yeah. I think this is one of the things... I mean, you don't think about Diana Ross like this most of the time, but it is very... I don't know. It, it It's very disco and very, like... This is hers. <laughs> and very chic. It's yeah. it's also very, yeah. Yeah. Stylistically. Um, yeah, it was a huge hit internationally. Ch- topping charts in Sweden, Italy, Norway, and Switzerland. Uh, reached number five in Canada. Number two in the UK. Um, and it was her highest peak f- performance as a so- solo artist since all... I'm still waiting in 1971. So almost 10 years. Damn. And it was, yeah, her biggest song. So. Yay. And it's another one that, like we said, was just about somebody who's in love. And, like, they're so in love with somebody that no matter what. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, respectfully, I say to thee, I'm aware that you're cheating, but no one makes me feel like you do. Yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ, Diana. <laughs> There's a, also on YouTube a very good live performance of this from her. She performed this song at the Forum. Mm-hmm. And it's so good. And then at the end, M- Michael Jackson comes up and like sings a little bit with her and dances and it's like it's one of those things that you're like oh this is just a moment yeah. like and it's in kind of insane yeah and the long time small beans listeners will know that you loved <laughs> and I did. did a performance i did i as and michael I, jackson and, and spend a lot of my time being like what the oh, fuck how do i reconcile this uh but yeah i mean but you were a kid i was a and- child I, which is and, oh, no. Right. <laughs> uh, makes it add so many layers. Uh, but yeah, it's if you Google that yeah. or YouTube it, it's very good. The forum, I think it's 1983, 82. Okay. Yeah, yeah, probably. Makes sense of yeah. the time period. Um, and it just, why did this one make the list? Why uh, did it make it's the a, cut? It's a 
it's a groove like it's a okay. song that will i will always start dancing to yeah. um also a lot of these are like on my karaoke my list of karaoke songs nice <laughs> uh but yeah it's it's one of those songs that has an infectious bass line and is just mm-hmm. a good song to just dance to yeah it's the best kind of disco um and in, in that it does make you want to dance yeah and it's also just the vocal performances it's Diana Ross it's, yes it's <laughs> Diana Ross and she can sing yeah um oh this one I will say personally one of my favorites that you put on the list um the, number three is the thrill of it all by Roxy Music it's their album Country Life in 1974. Do you like Roxy Music? Have um, we never talked about this before? Because <laughs> Roxy Music is my favorite band. I do like Roxy Music. I didn't realize how much I liked them until you gave me this playlist and I'd heard this song and I was like, oh, this these are the people that do all these other songs that uh, I like I'll send you on Spotify my Roxy Music for Beginners playlist. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> really good. Enjoy it. Yeah, um, I will say the, my little background on it. Uh, they're an English rock band uh, that formed in 1970 by Brian Ferry, who was the band's lead vocalist, chief songwriter. Um, also featured, who was? It was Brian Ferry and Brian Eno. Yeah, Brian Eno is the other big one off of this one, um, out of this band. Um, although they took a break from group activities in 1976 and 1983, they reunited for a concert tour in 2001 and toured together intermittently between that time until their breakup in 2011. Yeah. So and then Brian is, Ferry has just been touring yeah. alone, but singing all Roxy Music yeah. songs. <laughs> and, we're, and we're actually going, my mom and I are going in August because oh. he's touring Avalon, which is nice. yeah. Roxy, uh, Roxy Music's like big comeback album. Yeah. Uh, he's doing the whole, the entirety of the album. Yeah, Avalon's one of those singles that that's one of the ones that I remembered once I saw the title of it. I was like, oh, that's yeah. who this is. Might I suggest listening to Flesh and Blood, which is their 1981 or 82 album that is all synthy and beautiful and great. Oh, and there's nice. some weird covers on it. Yeah, I will like listen Midnight to Hour and uh, Eight Miles High. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and like I said, this was probably my, maybe my favorite one off of this list, just because it's this is very in my wheelhouse of stuff that I like. Um, other songs, other singles that they've done uh, include "Virginia Plain Street Life," "Love Is the Drug," "Dance Away," "Angel Eyes Over You," "Oh Yeah," uh, "Jealous Guy," "Avalon," of course, and uh, more than this. And of course, Brian Eno. Uh, collaborated with David Bowie on uh, his Berlin trilogy, which includes Low Heroes and Lodger. Uh, and then from 1978 to 1980, he collaborated with Talking Heads. Yep. So Brian Eno has a very big influence on that era of music. Yeah, it's funny. I was listening to, uh, there's a song of Brian Eno's called, called I'll Come Running. And it is very, like you listen to that song and you go, ah, I understand where the music, like I understand what part of Roxy music mm-hmm. is his sound yeah um yeah because brian ferry's like the bravado front man mm-hmm. who wears a fucking eye patch and <laughs> and you know it's it's very funny too because he's like the son of a coal miner <laughs> but his whole vibe is like aristocrat yeah, glam rocky yeah. and uh it's a very weird i'm like oh it's such a put on <laughs> like you yeah. were like a country bumpkin and yeah. 
you started wearing night suits and <laughs> dating Jerry Hall. And yeah. And um, it's like the vocal style is very similar to Bowie, too. Mm-hmm. Like you can. You yeah, can he's hear a warbly. He's a whaler. Yeah. He's not a particular like the technically a very good singer. Right. And that's actually a thing I really enjoy is mm-hmm. male vocalists who are not technically the best singers, but okay. have a lot of like weird emotion in their voice. Oh, OK. And that's why I like Brian Ferry. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense why you like new wave music too then. Yeah. <laughs> is, I'm very predictable. <laughs> That's just something that we've talked about before. Yes. Yeah. I do enjoy new wave music. Mm. Um, yeah. They were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2019. Mm. Uh, yeah. They had three number one albums. So, I mean, and if you do listen to Roxy music, you can, and then listen to stuff that came out in the 80s and 90s, you can hear their influence. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> I love yeah so the thrill of it all is a song that is perfect as far as I'm concerned mm-hmm. like the build the orchestration in it mm-hmm. um and his voice and it just builds so nicely and I love the energy of the whole thing it gets it's, me really pumped up yeah. like I <laughs> when I was not I was living on a friend's couch and I had no job and I was like really stressed out I would take a walk every morning mm-hmm. and I would just listen to that song on repeat <laughs> Okay. And just be like, just walking with a purpose. Like, let's move through something like that. Just keep yeah. this happen. Like, keep going, Katie. Yeah, just it keep is. Keep going. It's again. It is a song that makes you like that pumps you up and makes you want to move. I guess. Yeah, it's now or never. Don't hesitate or stall when I call. It's a good lyric. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And so is that why this one made the list? It's yeah. got a very yeah. It's like it's and very it is tied to that time that period. Moment. Yeah. yeah, and it was like right as everything was kind of changing in a good way. Yeah. It's like Salisbury Hill for you. Oh, <laughs> I like Salisbury Hill. I do like that one too. <laughs> I like Peter Gabriel as well. Me too. Sledgehammer, <laughs> yeah, another karaoke song. Did I put that on my list? Uh, you did not. No, it, it almost made it. Yeah. <laughs> almost. I like that whole album though. Okay. We, so. <laughs> yeah. We don't we talk, about, talk so. about Peter Gabriel yeah. right now because that's not on the list. Um, oh, uh, but our next song, number four, is going to be Honky Cat by Elton John off of Honky Chateau in 1972. another one that's a really fun song yeah um yeah it's reached ah reached number 31 in the uk and it's song the song fared better in the u.s hitting number eight it was on the same album as rocket man mm. i just it's very funny when i was like seven or eight i found the elton john greatest hits like mm-hmm. cd uh, it was my mom's and i would listen to it a lot and i remember like i had to do this huge research project in like the third or fourth grade it yeah. was like it was a very intense project mm-hmm. for the third or fourth grade. <laughs> and I remember like assembling like pieces of it on the, the dining room table while listening to, and I specifically remember listening to Honky Cat and always liking it because I really love like rock honky tonky piano mm-hmm. um, in songs. It's one of my favorite things. Like there's a song by NRBQ called Magnet that has like some really bitchin', mm-hmm. you know, rock piano in it. But so I knew like, I knew all the like, pretty famous Elton John songs yeah. by the time I was like nine. The greatest hits ones. And yeah. then when I was in, in my teen years, my dad had a had a greatest hits Elton John CD that was spanned more time. Oh. So that had stuff that was like Island Girl and Philadelphia okay. Freedom <laughs> and uh, um, 
uh bitches back and don't go breaking my heart mm. and then i like had a renaissance of love for elton john <laughs> in my teen years yeah. and then uh i was so happy in rocket man yeah. when what happened during honky cat like mm-hmm. how they used it in the movie oh, okay it's like him and and john reed like buying all of the expensive things and like they're like walking through stores and there's all this like clothing and this like nice car and it's yeah it's great it made me really happy yeah yeah i went it was similar that i was exposed i was only exposed to elton john that i can remember when i was in my teens already Mm -hmm. and they did have like it was the two disc greatest hits so it wasn't it's the the white one with his the yellow him on the yellow glasses that was the one that my dad had yeah yeah and so that one yeah i i mean of course i at the time, I think I attached more to the songs that were more popular. And I'm uh, I'm kind of a sap when it comes to some stuff, a sappy romantic. And um, specifically, your song is one that I mm-hmm. would listen to over and over because I was also an emo kid. So <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, this fits with my personality <laughs> at the time. So, yeah. And yeah, I don't know if you haven't heard the song. Then listen to El- more Elton yeah. John. Honky Cat's great. <laughs> yeah. So good. And of course, it's um, came from the partnership between him and Bernie Taupin. Um, Who, as I learned from Rocket Band, Bernie Taupin fucked. <laughs> like, literally, that's like every time they're anywhere together, Bernie Taupin has like two women on his arms and is like going somewhere else. Yeah. I think Bernie Taupin was like, it's okay if you just, you can say anything about me in this movie, but just make sure people know that I fuck. <laughs> like... <laughs> And for other people who don't know who Bernie Taupin is, it's Elton John's uh, songwriting partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, I mean, for years and years, decades, they wrote songs together. So, yeah. yeah. His biffle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so why, is the, why did this one make the cut? Was it because like it's attached to... It's been my favorite Elton John song oh, okay. since I was nine. <laughs> Well, so that's like okay yeah, <laughs> yeah. that d- d- deserves a spot definitely has seniority 21 years <laughs> of loving honky cat yeah, that makes sense yeah uh the next one number five is the beast by joanna samuels or johanna i don't know how to pronounce her johanna name. johanna yeah mm-hmm. johanna samuels uh from the album home and dry told a lie in 2016 said he'd never thought he'd see me going But then again he must have had a way of knowing That one more winter would turn into the next Yes, so... Uh, I, this one was, I couldn't like find a lot of information on this one, but why is it on the list? <laughs> Johanna Samuels is my uh, best friend from childhood. Really? Uh, yes. And um, we used to make movies together uh, <laughs> with her, the camcorder and her like big like Mac, like orange Mac. Yeah. Like she had the very original uh, <laughs> editing software and we'd make movies. And she started playing music when we were like playing the guitar when we were like nine. Oh, wow. And she tried to teach me how to play the piano uh, when we were kids and I did not care for it. <laughs> um, but she's been a musician ever since and she is so supremely talented and she's such a beautiful songwriter. Like yeah. I, I try and tell her as often as I possibly can, like you were put on this earth to write songs. Mm. Like you lyrically are gifted. Yeah. Um, but this song particularly is just such a... Um, beautiful like example of that push and pull between 
doing things the way they've always been done mm -hmm. and trying something new. Yeah. Um, but I think it was like, if I remember correctly, I think it was about her like moving from New York to LA and like that makes sense. one more winter would turn to the next. So it's like that if we're never going to leave, if we don't leave, we're never going to leave. Right. And uh, I just love there's a lyric in it that always gets me. It would be such a disservice to myself to stay because I don't want to change. So I push you away. Mm -hmm. And that thing of like me staying the same is not doing anybody any good. Like yeah. I need to change and I need to grow. And so I just like I love her so much and I want her to make music forever. Yeah. And that song in particular on YouTube, there is a uh, she did a tiny desk like submission video. Yeah. That's her live at a piano singing this song. And um it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just love her so much. And it I, is a very pretty song. I'm like, I hey, don't... let's everybody listen to, to Johanna Samuels. Please. I don't think that you're exaggerating how good the song is because it it's very touching to me, too. And I don't have any personal connection to it. It's just listening to it lyrically and uh, melodically. It's sad and very pretty. And just it is one of the ones that. Um, I've listened to multiple times afterwards because it's like, oh, I want to dig into this song. I want to understand what's going on in here better. Yeah, it's a, it's one of those ones that I cry when I listen to it. Yeah, I love that. I met the people who comprise my heart. That lyric is another one that really, as like finding those people who are the ones who are your c community and yeah. support you. That's like you got to find your tribe. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's very good. Yeah, it's very good. And I and love her a lot. So it's pretty clear why this one made the cut. My sweet, <laughs> my sweet Bojan. Yeah. That was her nickname. Jo well, I call we used to call her Jojo, which I still do. But mm. Bojan was her nickname. Oh. Her aim handle was Bojan. Don't need to get into aim handles. She was, she was Bojan and I was Spoger and it was great. Oh, and cute. things were simpler then. <laughs> <laughs> very sweet yeah. all right so we're gonna go on to number six which is wichita lineman by glenn campbell i am a lineman for the county and i drive the main road searching in the sun for another overload. off of the album wichita lineman in 1968 uh, I like this one a lot too. Yeah, <laughs> this is another like classical country song that is obviously very different than modern country. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also like to me, it's a perfect fusion of pop and country sound. Yeah, it's a very late '60s song. Like yeah. the orchestration, even though it has a more of a country bent, is still very like orchestral. Yeah. 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 Uh, just little facts on this one. It was written by uh, American songwriter Jimmy Webb in 1968. Uh, he was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 1986 and the Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame in 1990. And he received the National Academy of Songwriters Lifetime Achievement Award in 1993. His song, By the Time I Get to Phoenix, uh, was the third most performed song in the 50 years between 1940 and 1990. Mm. So, um, yeah, obviously this is a songwriter who was prolific like, yeah <laughs> prolific and Question like mark. this song was written when he was like at his peak too mm -hmm. so it's because right in the middle of that time period um uh, this song in particular really reached number three on the u.s pop chart uh remaining in the top 100 for 15 weeks uh it's a very good song and i understand why it had staying power too because it's definitely one that i could see myself just listening to it would it would come on it's one of those ones that i wouldn't skip 
when it comes on a playlist. Yeah. <laughs> when I just have my iPod on shuffle kind of a thing. And that I would probably listen to most of the time. Yeah, it. Uh, I've been. I've entered into my Glenn Campbell phase <laughs> of my music listening. Um, his voice is just so uh, technically good. Like mm-hmm. uh, listening to him hit all the notes with yeah. such power, but the song is just. I don't know. It's about like a trucker. Yeah, is he a trucker? I don't. I, I don't exactly. I'm pretty know. sure he is a. He is a trucker. Uh, but yeah, it's just one of those wistful like lilting Mm -hmm. orchestral songs and lyrically that you know and i need you more than want you and i want you for all time it's another one yeah you know like jesus (laughs) that's like sad and slow but also very beautiful in the way that it's um within the way that it's composed yeah um yeah it's i also just like the lyric and I need a small vacation, a small vacation. And I need a small vacation. <laughs> just like, okay. Not a regular sized vacation, no, just like a long just weekend. A, just is that a little one, like a um, staycation maybe. Yeah. But he's a trucker. <laughs> just a few days so, off. Yeah. Just head to, a, I don't know, a motel in Arizona, I'm guessing. <laughs> Stop doing amphetamines for a hot second. Take some I mean, time That would off. probably help. Yeah. White crosses are what they called the, the speed that truckers would oh, take. That makes sense. Little white pills with a cross on them. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact. <laughs> uh, well, so why did this one make the list? Because it is just one of those sweeping songs, and I also like it's each of the songs that's on this playlist is like a subsection of my musical and the thing, the yeah. type of music that I enjoy, and so I do really like country, like not country music per se, but I love the country sound. Yeah. And I like a lot of like late 60s early 70s kind of country yeah. and then i like like kind of rockabilly like uh, oh, i've been listening to a lot more chris isaac lately which is <laughs> always great forever blue is a very good album mm-hmm. but yeah i just it's just wistful and sad and his yeah. voice is so beautiful and the strings on this song are really gorgeous yeah. as well so yeah i recently like wicked game made it back into yeah. my, like rotation recently for whatever yeah. reason i believe is very good yeah yeah yeah. Chris Isaac's good too. Well, yeah. But this is about Glenn Campbell. Yeah, so. sorry. But yeah, Glenn, Glenn, Glenn Campbell, also great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, Southern Nights, also good. I've been listening to that song a lot. As okay. Well. That is yeah, good. there's a British music journalist, uh, Stuart McConey, uh, and he called it the greatest pop song ever composed. Which really? is quite a claim. That's a lot. That's a big old statement. <laughs> and like, I can see wh- why he would think, think that. that. Yeah. yeah. It's very pretty. Um, okay, and that brings us to number seven, which is Working On It by Jay Dilla off the album Donuts, uh, I think everybody should listen to more Jay Dilla. Uh, this song is very interesting because it is entirely the beat, the whole 
beat of it is samples a song by 10cc called worst band in the world which i only know of 10cc because of michael swain uh <laughs> but i actually listened started listening to jay dilla before i knew like listened to any 10cc okay. and the whole album donuts is quite good and it's it's kind of a it's so upsetting that jay dilla is dead yeah. uh and that we don't get to hear what he would do um with everything like in, including hip-hop today like if yeah. he were still alive who would he work with and what would he make because he was so creative and and the the sample he it's really like all parts of the buffalo like every yeah. part of worst band in the world is in there and makes a totally different song mm-hmm. that is so great <laughs> um yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have much more to say about J. Dilla except that he's amazing and everyone uh, yeah. should listen um, to. The Shining you, is also another good album that is, he has one that's entirely instrumental and one that is not, that is all the, uh, has everybody doing their verses on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a song, uh, Geek Down, I think is what it's called. It's him and, and um, Busta Rhymes. Okay. And it is excellent <laughs> because they use it kazoo orchestra playing flight of the bumblebee that he samples and it's really great um, that sounds great but yeah i think like working on it is the perfect example of what a genius he was in terms yeah. of like sampling things yeah um yeah donuts was his the second studio album and it was actually released on the day of his 32nd birthday which was three days before he died yep. um and it was the final album released during his lifetime in 2002 he'd been diagnosed with uh thrombotic thrombocyt oh i should have practiced this <laughs> thrombocytopenic purpura uh it's an incurable disease of the blood yeah and he had lupus <coughs> as well, and he also right? had lupus yeah um which had been diagnosed a year previously but that didn't stop him from working on these albums actually while this particular album while he was in the hospital mm-hmm. um in an, in an interview with the fader his mother Maureen Yancey which who was apparently a former opera singer <laughs> I did not know that said of the album uh, I got a glimpse of the music during one of the hospital days around his 31st birthday when a friend and producer House Shoes came out uh, from Detroit to visit him. I would sneak in and listen to the work in progress while he was in dialysis. He got furious when he found out I was listening to his music. He didn't want me listening to anything that was until it was a finished product. Yeah. He was working in the hospital. He tried to go over each beat and make sure that it was something different and make sure that there was nothing that he wanted to change. Uh, His, mm, I think his mother donated his Moog like synth yeah or a sampling machine or something like that to the national museum of african-american history in dc um so it's there like in a a plastic like display box (laughs) which i think is rad that is rad um so this one why this one made the list just because it's representative of that like that type of music yes but also just because it is uh i think just such a creative sample way of sampling and um it combines 10 cc and hip-hop which is like great Mm -hmm. as far as i'm concerned yeah it's very good uh everybody should listen to it everybody should have already (laughs) listened to all of these these songs before you listen to the podcast oh is that the rule i think that should be the rule okay (laughs) i'm not making a rule that you have to but you should should i think that's interesting (laughs) gives you context for what you're gonna hear us talk about right um, and number eight song is Janitor by Suburban Lawns. 
off of their album Suburban Lawns in their 1981. Only album. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one's very post-punk, like. There's synth. It's yeah. it's it's new wavy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very interesting combination of all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, but because you can definitely hear all the punkiness to it, and you can hear the beginning of the '80s bleeding into it with the synths too. So yeah, it's uh, Suburban Lawns. My friend Paul showed me a performance of this particular song on a like public access music show in the, <laughs> in LA, and apparently they had performed. They had just performed on SNL, but it was like in the last years, it was 80 to 85 yeah. that no one really remembers uh, or thinks about. And um, the song was written because Sue Tissue, spelled S-U, is the first name, mm-hmm. Tissue. Uh, <laughs> she she was a janitor. That was like her day job. Mm-hmm. And when someone asked her like, what do you do? She said, I'm a janitor. And the person was like, what? And she goes, I'm a janitor. And then she goes, oh, I thought you said, oh, my genitals. Mm-hmm. So the, the chorus of this song yeah. is, I'm a janitor, oh, my genitals. I'm a janitor, oh, my genitals. Uh, which I think is hilarious. Because Sue Tissue is this tiny, like, very unassuming uh, woman. Um, and, like, she looks like she should be, like, a cashier at a fucking drugstore. Yeah. Um, and she is so weird in mm-hmm. this song. She does a weird thing with her voice. But I'm a huge fan of like female-led like post-punk sure. bands. Uh, and this song in particular, every song that they have is also like under two minutes, which is like really fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, but all of that album, Suburban Lawns, it's on uh, Spotify, but all of yeah. that album is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. My biggest note about it was that it was bright, weird, and playful. Yeah. <laughs> it's very... She, at one point she goes, who's your mother? Who's your father? <laughs> <laughs> I just like when people do weird shit with their voices yeah. and they're like, I don't care. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's great. And it's, it's that thing where lyrics don't quite make sense. No, yeah. And... Another fun thing is Sue Tissue, they can't find her. Like, she literally disappeared. The band broke up okay. right after they released yeah. this, th- this uh, album. And they kind of lost track of each other. And a bunch of people were wondering, like, where is Sue Tissue? Like, what is she doing? Mm-hmm. And so a Facebook group was created. And the guy who started it, everybody was like, oh, I think she might be here. I think she might be there, whatever. The guy who started the Facebook group actually found her. Mm-hmm. And he reached out to her prior to telling everybody else, like, hi, I'm a huge fan of yours. Like how are you? And she, he goes, I would love to like talk or whatever. And she was just like, I don't really want to be like found. Okay. Like she was fine, but she was just like, I, that was a part of my life that I don't, uh, it was on purpose that I, Mm -hmm. and so he told everybody in the group, like, Hey, I found her. She's fine. She doesn't want to be talked to. And everybody was like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) And then that was, that was the end of it. That's good. Which I was like, Oh, think good job respecting people's wishes. That's good. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to read off their, some of these people, the members of the band's uh, aliases, not their actual names, because they're very funny. Uh, Vex Billingsgate, <laughs> Sue Tissue, obviously, uh, Frank Ennui, <laughs> Chuck Roast, and John Glure. Also, if you watch that, that it's on YouTube, the performance on that cable access like nobody in the band looks like they should be in the band like <laughs> together the, the drummers like in like gym clothes and then like one of the guys just looks like preppy 80s guy yeah. and then like and then she there's her and she's in like one of those victorian blouses with like a cameo <laughs> at the neck and like just like not it's bad posture like yeah. none of them look it's like the breakfast club like none yeah. of them look like they should be in a band yeah uh which is i think also why i like it yeah 
And I'm guessing this one made the list because that this is pretty much the only like punk song on the list. Yeah, I I just like it so much. It's been a new, <laughs> it's been a fairly new yeah. like addition to my musical lexicon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we, it brings us to number nine, which is She Bad by Cardi B. Uh, off of Invasion of Privacy, which was 2018. I love Cardi B. I, mean, <laughs> I also really like modern uh, rap, and so this is kind of like that uh, part of my musical interest, but particularly this song. I just like it because it's literally her talking about how amazing she is. Mm-hmm. And then YG's verse on it is also great because it's, I actually find it weirdly romantic <laughs> um, because he's just talking about like, oh my God, you're amazing. You figured it out. Yeah. Like you're from the trap. You look insanely good. And like you got these bitches beat, they run in laps. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's a weirdly like respectfully in awe <laughs> verse, yeah. um, which is great. Also, it's just... I like songs where they repeat things over and over again, and the chorus is just, she bad, she bad, she Mm -hmm. bad, she bad, she bad, she drip, she swag. And then at one point, he's just like, Gucci bag, Fendi bag, Prada bag, Louis bag, Gucci bag, Birkin bag, Uchi bad, Uchi bag. Uh, Also, the other reason why I love this song so much is when she performed it, uh, Cardi B performed at Coachella when she was like eight months pregnant. Mm Mm-hmm. She, this is the song where he was just like, she bad, and she just like bends over and is just, just twerking. She's like fucking pregnant and she's twerking. <laughs> and it's so amazing. Like, yeah. I'm just like, you are powerful. I, for me, seeing someone like Cardi, yeah. the, the thing about her whole Coachella performance is it opened up with this like slideshow video of all of her social, like social media posts and things, like where yeah. she came from. Yeah. And it was just like, she's wanted to do this for forever. Mm -hmm. Like even when she was stripping, she was like, this is, I've always wanted to do this. And like watching her trajectory and watching someone who isn't being entirely authentic as Mm -hmm. themselves and resonate with so many people. I just, I really like her and I, you know, yeah, I don't know. I also just love when she's like a huge history buff. And she knows more about the presidents than most people. Uh, yes. And her political rants are very funny and astute. But that's <laughs> like, the thing is, it's like, uh, I think that point of view is important. And I yeah. think her voice is important. And I think that she has an audience that she is reaching. Yeah. I don't know. I like appreciate her yeah. a whole hell of a lot. And yeah. I, it's just such a good, she's just great. Yeah. And just the fact that she's an artist, a female artist in hip hop who completely is completely confident and completely owns who she is and everything that she does. And like, she's really good. Mm -hmm. The world conspires against people like that. And she just overcomes all of it. And it's great. And, uh, also that video of her from that love and hip hop reunion where she's calling out this guy who's such a piece of shit (laughs) and he's calling her a whore and he's calling her all this because she was, you know, a stripper and and all this shit. And she just was like, no, 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 you don't get to do that. Like, I know they can't say anything because his two ex-wives or his ex-girlfriend and ex-wife were like sitting next to him. Mm -hmm. She was like, I know they can't say anything, but I'm going to say exactly what your problem is. 
<laughs> and he just like keeps being like you're just a slut you're just a slut. like just essentially just trying trying throwing all of these things at her yeah. to see what would stick and nothing stuck and she was like you're a fucking asshole and here's why and you're embarrassing these women mm-hmm. and it was just, it's i just really enjoy her yeah a lot uh and this one particular this song entered uh, at number 57 on the billboard hot 100 uh, the week following the album's release, uh, Variety's Jim Aswad said, it's almost a given that the lyrics are whip smart and hilarious. And Rolling Stone's Rob Sheffield said, her raw humor might tempt people to sleep on her deeply schooled sensibility, but something that always sets Cardi apart is her eccentric sense of hip hop history. Yep. Yeah. And why did this one just, do you love this one? Yeah. I mean that <laughs> it's that thing of lyrically, I think it's pretty great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and YG's verse on it is really good too, and I, and I'm sad because I feel like it kind of got buried in sure. that album. Like I mean, they're obviously not all going to be singles, but I think right. I was just like, "Fuck, this is such a such a banger." And like, I don't think it's ever gonna. I think it's you know, obviously sure. the album has been out and it will be out, and she's moving on. But yeah, yeah, that music video for Press. I don't know how I feel about it, but that's different. <laughs> it's a different. It's I a conversation that, for a different. So. Yeah. She she ends up mer- like murking a lot of people. Oh, okay. Uh And but it's a thing where it's like I get what the, the, the thought idea. of it yeah. was, but the visual is is very upsetting because okay. it's a lot of people who are shot that and a lot sense. of blood and yeah. it's a lot of dead bodies. And I'm just like I don't know if this visual was the right. Yeah. I know the idea, but I don't know if the visual yeah. was the right way to go. But we're all human. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're all trying our best, guys. <laughs> That's all we can do is try our best. Yeah. Um, all right. And finally, number 10 is going to be Staying Power by Queen. which came out on Hot Space in 1982. This particular version was uh, live at Milton Keynes Bowl, which was in June 1982. And there is a big difference between the live version and the studio version. Yes. Yeah. So Hot Space is the album that Queen fans hate. And it's unfortunate (laughs) because I I think it's very good. Um, And it, I mean, this is problematic now, but it is one of the... uh, auditorily is one of the biggest inspirations for the album Thriller. Yeah. Um, and oh, that makes sense. a lot of the horns and things like that. So I like the album version too. It's mm-hmm. like very, all very synthy and very yeah. like more disco, disco yeah. funk type. But the cover, the version of this one is live and it is funk at the speed of punk, I guess yes. is like the right way to put it. That's where very good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like double speed and delightful. Yeah. yeah, that was one of my notes because I listened to the studio version too. Is that the studio version is slower, features electronic a lot more electronic elements, yeah, a lot, and no, the horns are more prominent, and no drum. Yeah, like it's a drum machine as opposed to mm-hmm. to uh, Roger Taylor. Yeah, and the live version is just a very driving, like like you said, it's funk at the speed of punk. Yeah, it's very good. Um, it's really fun. Like John Deacon, who's usually the bassist, actually played rhythm guitar instead of bass on the live version. It's very interesting too when you listen to it, how fast he's going. Mm-hmm. It is one of those things where it's an entirely different song. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think a lot of people in the, like if you go to the YouTube link of it, it, a lot of people are like, oh, it's, I wish it would have been this on the album. I wish it would have been this on the yeah. album. And I was like, the album version is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think if people just holistically listen to Hot Space, Hot Space has under pressure on it, which 
Yeah. Hot, like that song was just kind of tacked onto the album. It wasn't yeah. written for the album. But Hot Space is the album that has body the body language okay. on it. Um, Staying Power, uh, Action This Day, Calling All Girls, Palabra Stay More, which is the sappiest fucking <laughs> song, but I love it so much. Um, but yeah, it's a synthy, funky, disco yeah. queen album, and I actually really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I, oh, Cool Cat is also on it, and Back Chat, which are two very, very good okay. songs. Cool Cat is the funkiest fucking song. Um <laughs> I feel like if people just listen to the album. Yeah. And just, I think they'd find at least one song that isn't under pressure on it that they would enjoy. Yeah. I mean, and it's Queen. So obviously, I think it's just like the expectations were different than what they delivered with the album. Yes. And so that's why people like, because it's, because it is very different. Yeah. It's not about like uh, aristocratic ladies and prostitutes and and we're at the opera and all you know Mm -hmm. but it's really good um especially i mean the version i like the version that you picked better which is on the is a bonus track on the deluxe version of Mm -hmm. hot space yeah and i mean but i'm a more for somebody who's more into rock and stuff like that then i and i appreciate disco and especially Stuff like Queen, which is rock slash disco in mm-hmm. that particular that particular song, especially. But I do. I mean, and Freddie Mercury is always amazing. The music's always going to be good. Mm-hmm. Like it's always going to be very technically proficient, no matter what the song is by Queen. So I don't know uh, if you you give it a chance if you like Queen at all. Yeah, yeah. I think just open mind, open yeah. mind, guys. Have an open mind. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's kind of important with this particular like kind of thing when we're talking about music at all you kind of have to have an open mind because everybody has different tastes and so it's not really there isn't a way to say my taste is better than yours Mm -hmm. and I think that's something that I mean I definitely went through when I was a teenager yeah like thinking that I had superior musical taste just because I listened to stuff that was from the 70s and like oh I listened to Led Zeppelin I was just about to say I was like I'm 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 12 and I listen to Led Zeppelin and I am cooler than all of you I'm cooler yeah exactly But I think, and that's kind of why I wanted to do this podcast is just because I like to listen to, I like to hear other people's, like the stuff that they love, because I think it's, it definitely is a good way to get to know people. It's like, if you want to know somebody better, you can watch their favorite movie. And this is just the musical version of that. Yeah. I feel like for me, and I'm incredibly grateful that I don't, I do genuinely like pretty much every genre of music. Like I can find stuff that I like there and it, and it is fun, like talking to people like going down the rabbit hole of like oh my god if you like this you might also like this and all you know and being like oh this is definitely a mashup of these two things or yeah. whatever um like i feel like you get to know somebody so much better mm-hmm. when you get to talk about the music you love yeah and it's really good i i really enjoyed this playlist there are definitely songs on it like i said roxy music is going to going to be one that I i'm will going send to send you that link of <laughs> that beginner playlist i'm going to fall into a deep spotify hole because now i had to I mean, I got the premium for so I could do this. Yeah. And I'm like, oh well, I guess now I'm you're gonna listen be listening to it in your car all now. the time. <laughs> Yay! No ads. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I, well, thank you for coming on and being the first guest. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm really glad that I got to about talk about music with you. Same. Is, <laughs> is there anything else? Any bonus tracks that you think that you'd recommend if people like this playlist? Oh damn. Uh. Let's what see. other songs are very Katie Willard? 
Oh, let's hold on. Let me open up my Spotify <laughs> and see what I've been listening to recently. Uh, let's see. I have a series of playlists. It's one started as a smattering, which is just like a mix of a bunch of songs. And then yeah. once it got too long, I started smattering two. And now I'm on smattering three. <laughs> the smattering uh, Okay, let's see. I really love... Oh, I've gone into Sparks recently, which is new. So... Mm-hmm. Um, Songs like Amateur Hour, Here in Heaven, yeah, uh, and uh, I'm, When I'm With You. When I'm With You is very good. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a really sweet, um, corny love song. <laughs> uh, I'm also started getting into Nick Lowe. So okay. uh, specifically the song All Men Are Liars. It is a, a delightful. Mm-hmm. Um, I know see. one that we talked about, about before. We had talked about Tears for Fears before. Yes. Yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> I do too. Uh, how about this? Lucky Number by Lean Lovich is also quite good. Nice. And Strut by Sheena Easton. Yeah. I'm all over the place, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. I think all over the place is the kind of stuff that people are going to like if they want to listen to this podcast. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. Well, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. And I don't really know how to close the show. This has been a Small Beans Endeavor. We're a bunch of pals who make podcasts, sketches, music, web series, and movies. The Beans always have new ideas percolating, so make sure to check us out at patreon.com slash smallbeans. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash smallbeans, where you can browse all of our current and past content, see what we've got planned in the future, and learn how your support can help the Small Beans grow into huge, giant monster beans. If you enjoyed this content module, please like, rate, subscribe, or tell a friend about us. We love you!